0: Today, what I want to offer you, and I, I really do want to offer this to you as a gift, here is Psalm 22, the gift of Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is the prayer that Jesus prayed while on the cross being crucified with nails in his hands and his feet and his body having been tortured. He quotes the first line of the psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the version we read nowadays is, My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? And in quoting the first line of the psalm, he invokes the whole thing. He didn't have the breath or the energy to speak the whole thing. He almost certainly knew it and was invoking it. In a sense, he was saying, This is my prayer. As I'm being tortured, as I am in agony. So this psalm is a psalm to pray when we are angry, alone, sad, confused, in anguish, when we can't find the strength to pray on our own, we can't find the words to pray. This psalm gives us words. It kind of comes in two main parts, a description of the pain and the agony, and then a description of hope and life. And, and that journey is part of the gift. So this first part, and I'm going to read parts of it, not the entire thing, but large chunks of it. It's, the first part really describes suffering and anguish in beautiful, horrific, poetic detail. And again, when we don't have the words to say, um, when we can't sleep at night, when this might be words that can be a gift. My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my anguished groans? My God, I cry out during the day, but you don't answer. Even at nighttime, I don't stop. I'm just a worm, less than human, insulted by one person, despised by another. Many bowls surround me, mighty bowls from Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths at me like a lion ripping and roaring. I am poured out like water. All my bones have fallen apart. My heart is like wax, it melts inside of me. My strength is dried up like a piece of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You've set me down in the dirt of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of evil people encircle me like a lion. Oh, My poor hands and feet. I can count all my bones. Meanwhile, they just stare at me, watching me. They divvy up my garments among themselves. They cast lots for my clothes. And that gives words to our anguish, when sometimes we don't have it. And so it can be a gift to us. The Psalm also provides a path from despair to hope. And it gives us some language for that also. So, you know, the the Psalms are not scared of despair, but they usually move from despair to hope. And that's an important movement. Being in despair is fine. Being in anguish is fine and good. Be there. Say it. But know that eventually, and really eventually, it might not be like at the turn of the page. It might be in weeks or months or even years. But the idea is that God does want to bring you from despair to hope. And so... Sometimes we might pray Psalm 22 even when we feel no hope. And we can pray through the words, and again, we won't have them. We don't have hope. The, it can give us the words that we don't even have imagination for yet. And so I'll, I'll read you some of these words too from the psalm. But you, Lord, don't be far away. You are my strength. Come quick and help me. Deliver me from the sword. Deliver my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen, you have answered me. I will declare your name to my family. I will praise you in the very center of the congregation. All of you who revere the Lord, praise the Lord and stand in awe because God didn't despise or detest the suffering of the one who suffered. God did not hide God's face for me. No, God listened when I cried out for help. Let all those who are suffering eat and be full. Let all who seek the Lord praise the Lord. I pray your hearts live forever. Every part of the earth will remember and come back to the Lord. Every family among all nations will worship you because the right to rule belongs to the Lord. God rules all nations. Indeed, all the earth's powerful will worship the Lord. All who are descended to the dust will kneel before the Lord. Future descendants will serve God. Generations to come will be told about my Lord. They will proclaim God's righteousness to those not yet born, telling them what God has done." One of the things to ask in a psalm like this is, where is God in the midst of suffering? And if you've heard me preach before, you've heard me say this before. Where is God in the midst of suffering? God is in the midst of suffering. Sometimes there's rescue, sometimes healing comes, sometimes help, sometimes a miracle, sometimes good therapy, sometimes a good doctor, sometimes a vaccine, sometimes real help does come, relief. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the problem remains and the hope then is that we meet God in the suffering itself. And it's not to make light of the suffering It's to say that where is God in the suffering? God is in the suffering, with the person suffering, listening to the person suffering, suffering with the person suffering. And that even, and one of the miracles that can happen, and I am calling this a miracle, is that the suffering itself can be transformed into a way to meet God, even in the midst of the suffering. And I don't say that to be trite or to make light of suffering, I am saying it is a miracle when that can happen. And it can happen. Um, Can, no guarantee, and I'm not telling you that it will. Sometimes the problem is actually the attitudes of the community or the society around the one suffering. This is the case in a lot of the ways we talk about maybe disability, you know, somebody who's in a wheelchair. Oh, the poor person in the wheelchair. Let's pray that God will heal the person in the wheelchair. Well, maybe God needs to heal us so that we don't think the wheelchair is such a bad thing, right? Um, And receive the gift of the person in a wheelchair or not. So what I'm saying is that sometimes healing and rescue come in ways we don't necessarily expect. That the problem might be in our attitudes, the attitudes, the laws, the policies of the community, um, the doors that are too small, the entrances that don't have ramps. Maybe that's where the healing needs to happen in any given situation. So anyway, healing doesn't necessarily mean the healing of the person who's suffering. Um, Sometimes it means the healing of the attitudes, policies of the people uh, around others who keep them marginalized. Sometimes, of course, rescue and healing are only ultimate. It is at the resurrection of the dead and the renewal of all things. Hope in the resurrection is always before us, and there's always hope that we can hold on to there. Um, But always, and hear me now, always, God is here suffering with us, listening to us cry and cuss and swear and curse the day we were born and get angry at God for all that God's doing to us, whether we're right or wrong about any of that. God is there listening, taking it, crying and weeping and suffering with us and quietly working for good. Now, don't hear me say that the suffering is good, but that God is good and always at work. And God knows the resurrection and the renewal of all things more than we do. And God is always pulling us in that direction. So, what to take away? Um, a handful of things. One I want you to hear very clearly is that you are not alone when you suffer, everyone suffers. Everyone suffers, even people you think they don't suffer. Everyone suffers. And some other people suffer just like you do. Their story is almost identical. Their suffering is almost identical. And it's really important that you know that you are not alone. One of the things suffering does is it makes us feel alone. The very first line of that song, my God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Aloneness is one of the key aspects of suffering. And the psalm helps us to know that we're not alone. People throughout time have suffered. People right now, we, you have company, whether you can see it or not. Um, another way that you're not alone, of course, is that God is with you. God isn't hiding, even if you can't see God. God does not dismiss you, even if you felt feel dismissed. God is not far away, even though it might feel like it. God is listening, even though it might not feel like it. And God is answering you, even if you can't hear it. And how does God answer? God enters the suffering with you, suffers with you, feels it with you, weeps with you. Another thing to think of here is to not be afraid of your feelings. Um, Get to know them, express them, be honest about them, let them out. To God and to some trusted people around you. Uh, Emotions are there. They're not not bad. They're not to be shunned. Feel them. Maybe even the more deeply you can feel them, the better. So don't be afraid um, of your emotions. And then there's a path out of despair into hope. And that might sound like an empty promise to somebody who's in the middle of despair, but it is a truth. There is a path out of despair into hope. It's a path walked billions of times before and billions of times again in the future, probably dozens of times in your own life, in the past and in the future. And so finally, again, as I began, receive Psalm 22 as a gift. Let it give you language when you need it. Let it give you company in your despair, and let it give you a pathway into hope. Lord God, thank you for the gift of Psalm 22. I pray that we would remember it when we need it, that we would open the scriptures and pray and weep through these words. And that in the midst of our anguish, even if we can't say all the words, even if all we can get out is the first line, like Christ on the cross, my God, my God, why have you left me all alone? And we thank you that you might quote the rest of the psalm for us when all we can offer you are tears, or silence, or pain, or pounding a wall. God, it is good to know that you are with us, even in the darkest times. And that you bring us to new life, even when we can't imagine it. Thank you for all of these things. Amen.